0: Today we're speaking with Scott Jackson. Hey, Scott, how are you? Doing well, man. I'm excited to talk to you, Scott. You know this is a really interesting area that you're playing in. He, Scott is a known philanthropic leader, and he is the President and CEO of Global Impact, which is, a non-governmental organization, otherwise known by the acronym NGO. He's a veteran of that space with more than 20 years of experience. And we'll talk more about all of the things that Global Impact is actually working on in a second. But before we get there, Scott, let's go through a little bit about your story and your career and and how you've ended up at Global Impact.
1: Well, thank you, Ben. Um, I uh, had the opportunity to write a book uh, about my story, and the title is called Take Me With You, and it came from essentially the fact that my mom was a, um, a uh, abused spouse, and every day when she would try to escape that situation, I would say, take me with you, and she did, and then married a Black Baptist minister before it was legal in the state of Kansas, mm. and all heck broke loose, and we actually, uh, to uh, avoid losing a custody battle, Uh, moved to first Vancouver, British Columbia, and then made our way down to the state of Washington. Uh, They finally found us through the school system, took me back to Kansas, held my mother for contempt of court. Um, I then ran away again with a knit green hat with $20 bills in it and a Bible with phone numbers across the country and made my way back to the state of Washington uh, where my mom and Jefferson had actually taken the case to the Supreme Court of the state and overturned it on the grounds of race. But unless I was in that state, there was no opportunity for an appeals trial. So all of Squim, Washington turned out uh, for that trial and I was able to live with my mom and and Jefferson. And many years later, I was uh, on the border of Gulu, Uganda uh, where a terrible, terrible civil war went on for 20 years and the children, called the Invisible Children, would gather in the streets every night to escape the Lord's Liberation Army. And that night, uh, I got a tug on the side of my jacket. I reached down and little girl grabbed my hand, said, my name is Rose, take me with you. Mm. And so that whole notion really bent of knowing that children all over the world are making a decision about how they realize their potential, how they become a positive citizen, or do they choose the anger? And the fact that all of us are the other people in their lives, that really has uh, driven my career and uh, the opportunity to really be in this nexus between public, private and nonprofit uh, development around the world.
0: Scott, I mean, I hear that it's such a vivid story. I'm waiting for the movie to come out or the Netflix version of that but an incredible story and I can see how it certainly moved you into the world of what Global Impact is doing. So tell us a little bit about what you're working on there.
1: Well, thank you. Well, Global Impact uh, was formed over 65 years ago to support the international nonprofit sector uh, in workplace giving, a little bit like United Way only for the international development sector. And we still do that work with groups like Save the Children and Care, But more broadly, our whole mission is to inspire greater giving and to be able to really help support charitable ventures that are working on causes both here in the U.S. and around the world. And the way we do that is we have a staff, incredible staff of about 120 uh, professionals uh, of all types who provide a set of advisory and finance and business services for charitable activities. A great example, for example, is we right now, Overseeing a grant program that will be featured at the uh, UN General Assembly meetings this coming week Mm -hmm. with Facebook Meta and Merck, the pharmaceutical company. And it's for uh, vaccine confidence, if you will, around the world. So it's grants all around the world to support vaccine confidence and why people can be more confident in vaccine delivery. And so Global Impact serves basically as the fiscal agent for that program and helps receive the funds, gets the funds out around the world, gets the reporting by the grantees. Um, So it's that kind of intermediary work where we're Mm -hmm. supporting uh, the advisory and the financial services of causes like that.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I will be there as well next week. It's going to be a big week and I know that that intermediary work is actually absolutely critical for the dollars to go to the right places and to make sure that things get structured appropriately. So tell me, Scott, I mean, it's an interesting moment that we're living in right now after the pandemic. Um, you know, We find ourselves in a kind of an economic challenging stage. How's that shaping the world of giving these days?
1: Yeah, I think it's really uh, having a dramatic shape. Uh, I mean, we had already seen uh, as we came into the pandemic, kind of the transfer of wealth. Uh, but in the pandemic, uh, we saw really a sense of giving in the moment and giving to causes that were both immediate, uh, disaster driven, uh, but also uh, uh, had longer term kind of resiliency uh, to them, whether it was the war in Ukraine or whether it was COVID or it was a race and social justice. So it's been an interesting uh, way in which we've seen Uh, Donors reacting, if you will, uh, to these quite significant moments, including, you know, flooding in Pakistan, all around the world. As we kind of uh, come out of COVID, what we're seeing is that uh, uh, donors of all types, whether it is mid-market companies or Fortune 500 or individuals, is that they really want to be intentional in their giving. So they may still give in the moment to disasters but they really wanna have an impact on the climate or on education uh, or on food security. And I think that trend will continue. Um, I think I think that uh, we'll see uh, philanthropists of all sizes really say, how do I make this impact? Can I do it with other donors? Can I do it by myself? Uh, but what is the, uh, you know,
0: um, the results that, that, that I can have. How do they track that? I mean, is there a lot more work being done in terms of kind of tracking the actions so that they know exactly what dollar did what? Well,
1: you know, I think, I think we're, we're finding, uh, we're kind of uh, going full cycle because the last 10 years you saw individual foundations and donors really want metrics, you know, theory of change, logic frameworks, lots of detailed reporting by uh, nonprofit organizations. And that didn't necessarily get them the results they were looking for. Yeah. And I think as we look ahead, what you'll see is donors working together, donors matching dollars uh, from the public sector, and they're going to really be looking much at much higher level metrics like, what impact are we really having on the climate in, in very high level you know, degrees, of, uh, whether it's a carbon reduction or whether it is changes in social behavior. So I think you'll see them actually going up a level where they give the nonprofits a little more room to actually have an impact rather than just report on activities. So it's kind of coming full circle, not completely unrestricted, but I think, I think, hey, just show us how you're making this impact in the community, right. which I think it's is a, a positive
0: thing. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. I agree. I, I, I'm kind of wrestling with some of those global climate issues because whilst I think we all would love to have some of them resolved immediately, sometimes <laughs> sometimes the horizon to fix problems is a little bit longer than maybe, <laughs> maybe you think, right? Or we all think. And it is important to figure out a way to tell those stories, right? To make people understand, listen, this is what we're going to be able to do in the immediate term and going forward. Absolutely.
1: And how to do it together. We have a a new uh, project I'm really excited about called Co-Develop, and they have a website. But essentially, during the pandemic, uh, countries, including the US, realized to even get payments, to people that needed them uh, was very difficult because of the digital infrastructure that wasn't available. Mm -hmm. And so we've now seen kind of a worldwide effort in which uh, CoDevelop will work with countries that work with the public, private, and philanthropic sectors to essentially help develop uh, the digital infrastructure, kind of like the internet infrastructure, only the digital infrastructure for banking and finance and the whole world can benefit from this, right? So that oh, yeah. uh, all kinds of organizations and individuals, uh, you know, I mean, almost half the world has no identification. There's no social security number, there's no driver's license. So the ability to have a, a, dig- a digital identification uh, means everything in terms of banking and economic development. So it, 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 you know, I think we'll solve the problems differently as we look ahead, right? And yeah. you just can't do it unless you do it together.
0: I like this thought that we can kind of come together and you can have these technologies. I certainly know exactly what you're referring to and the need for the kind of a, almost a digital giving verification structure, which is, I love that. I've seen that be a real, real challenge. And it's interesting because it sounds like that was flagged a bit during the pandemic as a real acute issue. Were there other things that have really popped during that period that you've said, oh, wow, these were major challenges that we faced"? And how has the pandemic really shifted the way perhaps you operate as an organization?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, uh, well, I think think that uh, one of the things that was a huge shift was all of a sudden, no matter what sector you were in, it was no longer enough to think about your cause or your product uh, and your market. You now had to think about your own staff Mm. and what was impacting your own team. You know, were they able to come to work? Uh, Were they sick? Uh, Were there deaths in the family? And I think that that dynamic of, of really being mindful of, the teams that you work with in your own organization and how they're able to maneuver, if you will, and to meet their objectives, that's not going to go away. It's going to be be worldwide. You know, every company, every nonprofit is going to have to pay attention uh, to their own community. But I think over time that that will have a real impact on the work they do, uh, you know, in the world. So I think that notion of uh, of being... um, a whole human and uh, uh, meeting each other literally in our in our living rooms or our apartments or our our, our one ro- one rooms anywhere in the world. Uh, that's going to have, I think, a positive impact on people sharing their story and and uh, and sharing their work.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, and I know that I was talking about that idea of the whole human the last night. I was uh, at a table where a lot of people were talking about the pains of working on Zoom calls, et cetera. And I said, well, actually in some ways I feel like we've learned more about people and we've actually learned how to work with people in in maybe a much more human way. So it is certainly gonna be a balancing act. Well, Scott, I mean, you guys have a lot on your plate and it, it sounds like you're working on a ton of different initiatives. In the back half of 2022 going into 2023, what's on the docket?
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we're quite uh, keenly aware of the uh, famine and food security issues around the world. So a number of our charity partners, Action Against Hunger and many others are uh, really trying to combat going backwards, if you will, in terms of food security. Um, I think that the unrest around the world uh, certainly, with leading headlines in uh, Ukraine, um, have an impact on food security and on other issues. So we're we're certainly working on that. and We have a Ukraine uh, fund that, especially corporations, have been involved with. And I think global health will continue, of course, to be uh, front and center for all of us. So those are, you know, those are two or three of the the areas where we're really working with a number of our nonprofit partners in and. and I think economic development and and the role of technology will certainly uh, uh, take headlines as well in the new year,
0: yeah, I could see that. And certainly, we're going to see those trends that you referred to continuing to be big, big issues. Now, for you, it sounds like the organization's been around. Long enough that you probably know everybody in the whole giving space. But if there were companies that wanted to connect with you or groups, where's the best place to find you, Scott, to learn more about what Global Impact is up to?
1: Certainly. Well, our uh, primary office is in uh, just outside of Washington, DC. And uh, anybody's welcome to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or uh, email uh, scott.jackson at charity, dot yorg And uh, we are always looking to work with new partners, whether it's in the corporate sector or individual philanthropists or nonprofits. So uh, we're, we're, we're one of other, I mean, there are others, you know, in our space, but I think we're one of the few nonprofit organizations that really think about our work even with the for-profit uh, sector uh, as as being work with a mission.
0: Excellent. Well, listen, Scott, it's been great having you on on Cage today. I think that some of the things that really popped when you were talking is this idea of collective action to make more of a meaningful impact on all of these major issues. And maybe the idea that you highlighted of taking me with you is really kind of a nice connective tissue there, really, which is we got to take everybody with us to make these things happen and move forward. But thank you so much for being on Uncaged Day, and we look forward to having you back.
1: Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you for letting us share not only my story, but the story of Global Impact. Cheers.